1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com
0: and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global sponsored by William Hill. Oscar Bervis, IFL TV, MTK Global, delighted to be joined by my good friend, Mr. Dave Coldwell. How are we, mate? Very good, man. Thank you. Very good. Good, good. Um, Going to jump straight in. Lots to talk about. Sickened for both Josh's really. Uh, the last couple mm. of weeks, we wanted boxing back, uh, and in all fairness, come back with a couple of talking points. We've had
1: massive drama these last couple of weeks. You know, as as a neutral. It's been amazing. It's it, you know, it's it's what you love the sport for, the drama, the the upsets, the shocks, the ups, the downs. It's had everything and, and quality fights, quality boxing displays, hard, great fights, tear-ups, was um action. It's been brilliant. Um better when you're on the winning side, um, devastating when you're on your losing side, but ultimately as a sport. It's been a great spectacle and to say it's behind closed doors, um, it's been, it's, it has been high level entertainment. Um, we just want the fans back, just miss the fans because, you know, just saying to you off camera there, um, can you imagine these last two shows? Can you imagine if they were in, in packed out arenas? Oh my God. Atmosphere would have been unbelievable. It would have been electric and, um, the celebrations would have been amazing. It would just been, it would just be brilliant. And yeah, can't wait to, can't wait for those nights again,
0: really. We had the silence after Lara stopped Joshua's deafening. But I can imagine in Leeds, it would have been double deafening uh, last week when, well, a couple of days ago when there was blood everywhere and Kelly and Avanissian were going at it as well. Um has it made you realise how much you miss the fans? Because at points, I suppose, you could probably overlook it because for your whole boxing career, fans have been there. And I suppose now you're sort of understanding the importance they play. I've always, I've, I've, I always appreciate that. I love the atmospheres.
1: I love that. When I go to a show and I'm not working, I just love the atmosphere. I love seeing people interact and, you know, it, it's just... That's what that's what sport is. Whether it's football, whether it's boxing, you know, they're my two two passions. You know, when it comes to sport, and both sports without the fans are completely different. But but boxing, um, it, between Fight Camp and Wembley, the both us, but they're both different. Wembley is more sterile. It's just it's just more. It, it seems more eerie. It seems less noisy. It seems even more quiet. Than what fight camp The fight camp? You had the drones. You had a bit, you know, a bit of out. It's outside noise, isn't it? Inside a, an arena, there that's, that's got nobody in, as such, it's very, very quiet. Um, yeah, it's it, we need fans back. It's, it, you know, it's been brilliant, and and the fights have, have been great. And I've got to say, for the fighters, and this is no excuse for for winning and losing because because both fighters are in there. I'm not I'm not saying anything like that, but what what I will say is it's it is. Very strange for the fighters. It is, it's not what they're used to. Even when even when you boxed on dinner shows in the amateurs, there was always noise, there's clunks and and cuddling, you know, rattling about and glasses being, you know, cheers and stuff like that. Um, and you're hearing the your odd voices, come on blue, go on red, and that's all you hear. But you're hearing noises. Um whereas at Wembley, it's like it's quiet, it's really, really quiet and um, so for the fighters it's very very strange when they when they're coming out and they've got this big production everything it's great it looks the bollocks it really does but when they're walking out and i see it with with these guys that are, have even got personalities and what like, yeah, and like like enjoy the ring walks and stuff it's almost like you feel awkward walking out to ring and kind of soaking it up as such because there is no crowd. You use the crowd's energy when you're walking out as a fighter. You know, you, the, whether the booing you or the cheering you, they're all all their eyes are on you. Whether it's a thousand people in there, you know, a few hundred people there, or it's like thousands and thousands, you get that that charge, that energy, and then the music's bouncing, the atmosphere off the crowds and, and things like that, and you can kind of like relax as you and enjoy the ring walk. Whereas with this, it's kind of like you want to go, you're feeling your music, you're wanting to kind of like vibe to it. it, But you feel a bit of a dick because you're on your own and you're just thinking... (laughs) So you just like hunch your shoulders up and just walk straight to the ring sort of thing. Even just down to that. um, So yeah, it's very very weird. So I I will say to every single fighter that's been boxing behind closed doors, not just on the matchroom shows where I've been at, but everywhere else, fair play to them. Because it does... I think it does emphasise just how serious the fighting game is because that that ring walk, we always say, you know, enjoy your ring walk, enjoy it, you know, suck it up, let your personality come out, just enjoy it. And that little, you've got the butterflies, you've got the nerves, but then the ring walk, a lot of fighters kind of like, it helps them just alleviate those nerves and they enjoy the ring walk before, you know, they get the ring in and that's it. So it, it does, it just makes it just makes it different. It's very, it's very hard to explain if you've not fought and it's very hard to explain even more so if you've not actually been in in that in that arena when it's empty and when it's, you see the fighters walking out, it's strange you know, it's um, but yeah, so fair play to them. but like I said, it's not no excuse about you know, who's lost or whatever like that fair play to every single fighter that's, that's, that's gone out there and put on a show because they've been putting on some great fights some great fights, great boxing displays
0: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, gonna move on to the weekend in a second, but I just gotta say, I found myself whispering ringside. Like when I was sitting there, um, the warrant fight, I found myself whispering, like what I feel, why am I whispering as if it really matters? Like say a little bit sneer and I'm trying to keep my voice down. Like it's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. You actually feel when you are sat in the crowd,
1: whereas normally you'd be shouting for your fighter or, or or your fighter that you that you want to win, or even as a manager, um, you feel awkward shouting because it's just so quiet. So you feel awkward shouting. So you're a bit more quiet. You just sat there watching sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. It's, it's the just, loudest
0: voice it's for the Josh. Whole thing. You were the loudest voice for Josh when what was it? The oh, when he got hurt. Yeah, but listen yeah. If Anyone?
1: Yeah, listen. A, a Brit against somebody else. I will always want. I will always want them to win. And yeah. when they're in trouble, it's not. I don't. I'm not going to be shouting from them and say oh, do this, do that. When when Everything's under control, and just listen to the coach. But when, yeah, you know, sometimes when when a fighter is in trouble, we always say about crowds get you through it, sort of thing, and you soak up the energy and stuff. And it's just, listen, it's just natural. I, you know, I, I will, I, I tend to do that sort of thing. It's just it was just you know, so, so, so weird yeah.
0: hearing a couple of voices rather than a couple of thousand. But yeah, so uh, mm. like I said, just can't wait for for fans to be back. Let's jump into. Saturday's action, I'm going to start pretty bluntly actually, Um, where did it go wrong for Josh, would you say? I know that's quite a big question but Do
1: you know what? People love they love to say fighters should have done this, should have done that, we all do we all do Um, and hindsight is a fantastic thing but we're never armed with hindsight when we go into something Um, the one thing that we'll say is that experience plays a massive, massive part Um, it's not an excuse it's just facts, that's how it is until you Josh Kelly we all know his skills, sharp speed, talent everything but until you go through a fight like that at that level you don't know what else you need to add to your game you can't buy experience. You can't borrow experience. You can't pretend to have experience. You can't say because you've toughed it out in sparring and, and rode out tricky moments in sparring with a head guard and, and 14 and 16 ounce gloves on, you can't say that you've got that experience. Because when you get into a fight under the pressure, everything at stake, and there's no head guard, and there's little eight or ten ounce gloves on. It's a different kettle of fish. It really is, and um, that is when you've then got the experience. And at that time, it's whether whether you can get through it, tough it out, ride it out, and you know get back to your boxing and keep your boxing momentum going and, and what you do well. Or it, it, it catches up, and you're just not ready for it yet. You haven't got that experience yet, and you don't know how to handle it yet. And, and or you're not, you know, you're not quite as good at that that you need to be yet. But then, if you use that loss and you use what costs you the loss in a productive and positive manner going forward, you have now got that experience. You have now got that reference point. You know what that is in part of boxing. You know it's. There's so many different elements to becoming champions and, and great fighters. It's not just about talent. It's not just about how hard you punch, how fast you punch. There's so many different factors. And, you know, Josh Kelly, we forget that, what was that, his 12th fight? We forget that, you know, he, he, he's jumping up levels. So fair play to the kid. The, you know, fair place the kid. They, they believed in his, in his ability that much. That he thought his ability was going to be enough, but sometimes in boxing, it's not just about the ability. You have to that ex- have to that have that extra bit of knowledge, that extra bit of ring generalship, that extra little bit of, of, of savvy and, and understanding what you need to do in order to manage the moments and manage the tough moments. And he'd, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd not experienced that part yet. Now he's experienced it. Now he can move forward. But Avanetian's a tough, tough bastard. Fucking hell. And he's heavy-handed. He punches hard. But he's, he knew what he had to do. He knew that he couldn't allow Josh Kelly to breathe. He knew that he had to squeeze him. knew I had to, I had to make him work harder than he wants to work. And stick with it. Stick, get through the fast fast moments. Ride that, that part out. And then it'll turn into his sort of fight.
0: And,
1: and he did, yeah, he, he did. Great fight,
0: great, great fight. Oh yeah, it was. it was, it was a cracking fight to watch. And you know, I don't want to lose uh, that when I ask these questions as well and lose as well the fact that David is a, a world level operator. So don't seem disrespectful almost asking these sort of questions, but these are the things I've seen and that people might have alluded to. So one of them was that because of his amateur career and the way perhaps he boxed the first three rounds and you've got to maintain that slick style over a longer period, we know that. Um, could you question that Josh might not have taken to the pros like we thought? Perhaps?
1: Um, I don't think it's about not taking to the pros. I, I don't look at him and just think that oh, he looks like an amateur. I, you know, when he's coming through, I, I look at his style, I think he's got a fantastic style. But it's just a little bit of knowledge and, and ring generalship that, that, that's lacking. So, um, So Jordan Gill, when he got beat by Tinoco. When he got beat by Tinoco, going in, it wasn't 100%. He didn't feel well, but that's not what cost him the fight. His body couldn't absorb the shots, but he was in a position to get hit with those shots. He made the wrong choices in there trying to fight with a Mexican and trying to meet him to keep him off me because I don't feel great. I, I, I don't feel strong enough. I've got to hit him hard to keep him off me. So he was exchanging with him and he was getting he was getting bashed up on the inside. He was exchanging wide, he was leaving gaps. So when when we move forward, when that fight's done, you've lost, it's devastating. So I'm I'm parallels here because that was a devastating loss for Jordan. Devastating loss. He gets he has to get over it mentally, he has to recognize it mentally. So I'm saying this for Josh as well. He has to understand why he lost yeah and i accept it and don't you know you don't make excuses you don't just say whatever oh people are saying wait people are saying this thing but you can't just you can't just blame other things it's like with jordan I have, i've never said oh that's why he lost he wasn't right but he made the wrong decisions when he got in there and also the things that he hadn't learned yet and he wasn't good enough yet at costing the fire so then going forward You teach him how to manage those moments when it gets rough and going forward, how to to protect himself a little bit more in those up-close moments when somebody's trying to bully you, somebody gets past the slick, gets past the skills, gets past the hand speed, and they get onto your chest. And that's what you've got to be able to know, know what to do. And sometimes it's not about... Continuously working just because they're right in front of you and you're putting pressure and working, working, working because they're making you work when you don't want to work or when you don't need to work. By the time, shut them down, break it up, break up the rhythm, stop the attacks, try and get out of those spots as, with as little damage as possible. Then you get your space and then you, you know, then you're doing what you are doing to keep to break them down. Um, but it's very, very hard because if you're boxing a guy, if you're boxing at a level that you've not boxed at before. These are the things. When we when we step fighters up, we believe that the talents, right? We believe that they're ready, but you don't know because they've not fought at that level yet. So you don't actually know. So you can't be like hundred percent confident, and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we pissed this. We know we've got no chance of losing." You you don't actually know because you've never boxed at that level. You've never, you know, you've never been in them deep waters. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know how, if they're going to be be able to get through that. Until they're in that position, but then once they have crumbled in that position, doesn't mean that that's it. That's always going to happen every time they go they go into that level. If people say that go, oh, that's it. he's found his level and things like that. It doesn't. It, that doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have to happen. David Haye against Carl Thompson, similar sort of thing to Josh Kelly, similar sort of thing. First few rounds looking great, but I just thought that maybe he was punching, trying to punch a little bit too hard. And put too much effort into things um, too early, you know. And um, trying to be—I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying what I see of it. I'm not saying I was right, but it was almost like it was trying to, you know, because it was so much bigger. And there was a lot made about how big he looked in the ring, you know, uh, you know, after the weigh-in and on fight it looked massive, it looked huge. It was almost like he it was—it was trying to trying to implement his strength and and his size along with the speed onto a Venetian to put him in a box and make him think fucking hell it's not just fast he's strong as well but with somebody like Avenesian, who is battle hardened who's been through that kind of shit over and over again that don't work it's like it's like trying to go to fight with a tough mexican you you you're going you put yourself in a position where where they're able to use their assets, their strengths, and so that makes even though they may technically not be as good as you, that makes it more of an even fight and puts the ball in their court where you know they can they can use their assets. If you can't use their assets, if you stop them from using their assets, then it helps you get through those fights and it helps you you know it help, helps helps navigate it. Sometimes it's about navigating, and um, it's not always about. Um, trying to prove that you're better at something
0: at their own game or, or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't want to go like full analyst because that's not what I am, but you talk <laughs> about Josh trying to implement his like, size as well. He's good up close. He's neat on the inside. He's comfortable sleeping yeah. up angles, like if I can say so. So I suppose it's just more something about David that made him feel uncomfortable than more David won the fight than Josh lost the fight. Because I think especially with the English media, we're almost making out that Josh lost the fight for himself. Definitely won the
1: fight. At this point in time, and again, you know, it's it's this point in time. Josh Kelly wasn't with what he knows in that ring right now, he wasn't ready for that fight.
0: And there's no shame in that. It even. doesn't mean
1: that he's not. No, no, no. It, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be ready for that kind of fight again in another year, two years time. It doesn't mean that. It's how we are how he absorbs this loss and comes back from it. You know, Avanesian was a step too far right now. We want we so we talk about when kids turn pro and we you know, betting into the pro game, getting that experience. But then when the fighting guys at the gym and are adjourned, people ah, that's what what a waste of time that is. This, 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 oh, shouldn't be fighting them, we need to step in up, put them in a real fight. So you put them, start putting them up in, 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 in you know each step. The each step that they go through, they're handling like comfortable. They're caught, It's too comfortable. They need to fight. he needs need a bigger test. he needs a bigger test. You need a bigger test. So then you put them into a bigger test. And on paper, you would look at you. you we did it on paper. You would look at Avanesian's speed. You'd look at his style, and you'd look at his speed. What you've seen in Josh Kelly so far, the speed and everything like that. And you think, it'd be too sharp for him. But the problem is, is what happens if they get past the sharpness? Can he handle it in a, in a dogfight? Can he handle it at this point on the inside? And that's what you've got to, if, if you think that, yes, your man can, and if you've seen him do that over and over again in, in the gym, and you know he can do that, fine. But has he been doing it with sparring partners that are a lower level to him? Or as we doing it with sparring partners that are a higher class of them in that style. That's that's quite a big a big factor as well, you know. Um, but Avanesian was a beast and he wouldn't be denied. And and it was like they knew what they had to do to win. They didn't have to do anything more than what Avenician is. Just fight him, just grind him down. And, and beat him up, and so they went in doing what they knew that what they knew that David can do every single fight. So that's how he fights. That's how how he does it. Um. And you know, and, and Josh wasn't ready at this time. Um, before I come on to David, I just it's easy, it's easy to it's easy to it's easy to over, overanalyze and say, oh. Josh should have done that, should have done this, should have anybody can say should have done this, should have done that. Anyone can say that after a fight. Anybody can. When when Josh caught him in the first, was it first round, second round, something like that? Caught me good left hook and 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 I just stumbled a little bit. If Josh has stepped on him and cleaned him out then, everybody talked about, oh unbelievable. He came out, used his size, used his strength as well as his speed, and, and just out overpowered. The stronger man that you know, we, we didn't think we we're gonna be like that. That's how I think. That's how boxing can work sometimes, but it didn't. Yeah, hindsight's yeah. great, and we all love to talk about hindsight it, because it's opinions and it's talking points, and that's what keeps the sport alive. That's what we do. We talk about shit that happened, but you have to give credit to David Avenitian. He was, it was too good too relentless, too strong, too battle-hardened for Josh Kelly in this moment in time. It doesn't mean that this has to be the end for Josh Kelly. It's all down to his mentality, how he handles it, how he comes back, what he takes from it.
0: I don't want to seem like I'm digging Gareth Davis out here, by the way, but I just watched an interview just uh, this morning and um, that he done with Umar last night and I just wanted to know what you thought of this idea because it's not something I've heard anyone else suggest. He said, Perhaps Kelly has to go around, and from a trainer's perspective as well, Dave, I'm asking this, uh, has to go around perhaps gyms and not go to war with people, but go around gyms in your Mexico, as your states, and take, fight people of, of different sort of grain than sparring you might get, perhaps mainstream sparring for him in this country, and perhaps gain experience on that path. Is that an idea that could suit, perhaps?
1: Well, listen, there's fighters that have done things like that. You know, we we look at um, look at the amount of times that, that Gallagher's fighters have spent in the wild card. I, I would imagine all the Smith brothers, all you know, all the team go out to the wild card quite a lot. I've taken out Hopi and Jordan out to to um, to the wild card, to Manny Robles' gym to Chicago. They've out there. Jordan's sparred out in Japan. It's it's great experience. Yes, it is great experience. But it's it's not just about sparring, it's what are you doing in them in them sparring sessions. You know, you don't just it's not a case of just going out there and getting ballard and then shit like that. That's that's you're taking damage in, in sparring in, in the gym on a daily basis. That adds to your wear and tear and 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 scrambles your brain. Because not everybody's that style of fighter where they can stand there and have toast to a fight. You know, it's not about that. You but you don't. Ha- you try not to have to do it. You manage the moments, and yes, you got to fight a little bit, but you have got to be defensively savvy enough just to ride things out. And you know, so the experience of that is great. But like I said, you can go to America, and I see see people raving about having these gym wars, fucking gym wars. That that's the greatest thing to to shorten your career and slow you down, and and you know, take away. That that edge and that sharpness. So it's not just about going out and battling. Like I said, not everybody can afford to go out to American's like you know. We were fortunate. The last couple of years, we've been to, we've been to LA, Chicago, and and, and you know, it, my fighters have had great sparring out there. But we use sparring to work on things, and that's that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do.
0: Yeah, um, and just quickly after a week where or oh, previous. A week where a corner come under some scrutiny I think it's only right we give just a little bit of time to praise Adam and the corner work because in a fight where there's there's more than the european title on the line we're talking pride ego um yeah that was good that was good corner work
1: yeah spite time it's, it's spot on absolutely perfect he give his man a, a, you know every chance and then you know he knew he, he knew the tide was turning give him every chance to turn it round and um, and that was a perfect stoppage, really.
0: And quickly on David before we move on. He's very raw, and that's not a dig at David. He's exceptional his own craft, his own style. Um, do you see him moving on to world level now? It's, it's a hard way to win a world title at. You've got exceptional fighters. Three very different belt holders as well, stylistically. But, um, yeah, do you see David as a world level fighter now? Have I lost you? No, I've got you. Um.
1: Do you know the thing about Avanician? There are there are certain fighters out there that you look at and um, people did this about people do this about value. You look at fighters like that, Avenician, value sometimes, you look at them on YouTube, you look at them on, on TV, and you don't you think, it's not that good. Then you get in the ring with them. They're a bit better than what you think. And the dish, it's just remember the timing that just you can't gauge somebody's toughness as well on YouTube, you know. Not until you get in there, you can't gauge somebody's physical strength and, and just that physical presence as well. I think avanesian has got that physical presence where, um, yes, he punches hard, but more so than just being an hard puncher, he's got a physical presence about him in the ring that just fucking drills you back, drives you back. Um, and so he is better than what he looks on screen, and I would love to see him get a world title shot. But again, I'm talking about experience. Experience you can't buy, you have to go through. So the fights that he's at, at the levels that he's at, even the fights that he's lost, a part of what's made him the all round fight that he is now and, and what we're seeing. You know, um, when you're competing at, 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 against the top fighters, you soak that shit up. You soak, you know you you pick things up. You develop as a fighter, and then you take it to the next fight. Take it to the next fight, and and so sometimes lo- people look at records as numbers. I'll look. I'd rather look at records at who they fought and what you know what they'll have taken from each one of those fights. How you know what have they faced? When you face something, and then you see it again, the first time you might not have handled it well, but then now you've got a, a reference point. How, how? What didn't I do so well in that one that now I can adjust so that this time I, I face that same sort of style, I can I can be better at. Um, I would like to see Ivaneech get a world title right now. Yeah, and and listen to his interview afterwards. How can you not like that guy? You know, really really thankful. I'll, I'm really pleased for Carl Greaves as well. You know, Carl Carl was boxing when I was boxing. Um, obviously, at a better level. Um, but then you know he's been a, a promoter, a manager, and trainer, and he's one of these guys that's done it on a small circuit, looking after loads and loads of fighters, and um, now he's getting some 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 credit and some. Um, you know, it was, it was nice to hear David speak to of him. You know, that's nice because it's not just he's just come along with David Avenitian. he has been doing it for years you know he's worked with a lot of fighters and and keeping keeping british boxing going you know and and that's that's nice to see it's nice to see it's like when you know Steffi Steffi's had the success with terry Harper, and and, you know and and his other fighters are coming through and and you know with the mcdonald's and stuff it's nice to see when 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 guys have have worked hard behind the scenes on the smaller circuits for so long and then they get a then they get a break because Everyone, everyone that, that works hard in this sport, there's enough room in this work in, in this sport. There's enough success available in this sport for everybody to get a piece of it. You know, boxing goes in waves, but you know it's it, it just makes it it just makes it nice. I, I like it when I see see people that have been striving along in their own lane, sort of thing, not getting the credit, and then boom, they get they get that fighter. Everybody dreams about getting that fighter. That, that, you know, propels them just, it's just, yeah, it's just nice. And, and listening to them both speaking there is great, you know. And, and, um, so yeah, so I'd love them to see it. I'd love them to get a massive world title fight, you know, a big world title fight. That, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Just a quick one on Carl actually, because, um, I just sort of want to tell this. I remember going to an MTK show and he was in three away corners in a row. Now, I think he'd done it all for free as well. He didn't even ask for that like, score. Do you know what I mean? He'd done it all for free. He was in three away corners in a row. And I'm sure he weren't even there with his own fighter that night. I'm sure he was just there because he was hanging around the scene. He'd done three away corners in a row for free, Carl. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a really good bloke. And that, and that,
1: that shows you, and, that, that's, and, that, and that's it. And, and that's why, you know, uh, people are giving out good energy and people are just drafting away and, and just sticking with it and staying nice people. You get, you, you know, you, you get your day in the sun and it, and it does come round. Uh, that's great. You've seen it with, with John Pegg as well, you know, when when he when had Sam Egginson in the big nights and stuff. You know, Peggy's another one that's been grafting away for years just on the smaller circuit. Um, so, yeah, it's great. There's, there's so many more out there. There's so many more. And, and you know, there's, there's plenty of. Success available in this sport for us all to, uh, to have success and for all, you know, to have good nights as well as bad nights. Because trust me, the bad nights are fucking really bad in this sport. You have a fighter that gets beat, it's devastating. People don't understand that, the, the, you know, the the trainers, it's so easy for trainers to have the boots stuck in them. Because when the fighter wins, it's, you know, it's the fighter that's, that's the talent and, the, and it's the fighter that, that was great. When the fighter loses. The coach is shit. The coach should have done this. The coach was that. It's, that's what kind of that's what kind of gig it is. The, people don't see the weeks and weeks that, they, that they're spending in the gym with a fighter. Might not have a fight. The weeks and weeks, the wear and tear on the pads and things like that, and and the the, the stresses and the thinking about thinking about the fight nonstop, nonstop, nonstop going on. He misses trying to talk to you, and you're thinking about the fight. You think you're not really. You know what I mean? You're trying to play it you're trying to pay attention but you're kind of not people don't see that side of things and you know and until you're in the big fights they're getting shit money you know coaches get shit money and if, if your fighter's only getting you know a grand a fight a couple of a fight the trainer's getting 10% of that they're still putting all the work in still doing all that and still getting slagged off Still getting the pressure. Whether 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 you've got a kid that's starting out and he's, he's building his career, his fans, his family, and everything like that, their eyes are on you. If if their if their boy's not performing, they're looking at the trainer. Oh, he should be doing this. He should be doing that. Oh, he shouldn't be doing this. So much pressure on him. So it's it's great. It's great when when different coaches are getting success with 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 the fighters. It's great. It really is.
0: I said uh, last one, but just a quick one before we move on to Jordan. Um. The natural path was sort of what we thought would be Conor Ben and Josh Kelly, uh, say Conor comes through Samuel. Um, Them two would headline a show against each other in the summer. Massive uh, domestic clash. Is the interest still there to see that if Conor comes through Samuel? I'm not not talking about two years down the line because they might even fight for a world title in five years. Who knows? But I'm talking if Conor comes through Samuel, is the interest still there to see that next?
1: Would you would you still not watch that fight now? Now, because Josh Kelly's got beat, would you not
0: bother watching it now? Mate, I watch live streams of fights from Kazakhstan, so I'd watch it, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but of course... No, yeah, of course I would, yeah. yeah.
1: Of course it's interesting. Because this, this is the the other thing as well. What you have to understand is that David Avanesian is a world-class fighter. He's been mixing at world level, you know. Um, Josh Kelly was... 11 and 0, 11 fights in, got a draw. Against a good fighter, he got the draw. I think he got a lot of you know, he didn't get any credit for that. that was a step up. He's jumping up. Connor Ben isn't a world level fighter yet. He's not been mixing at world level and, and getting so you know, big, big wins. So it's kind of like, Yeah. And and it's and it's an exciting fight. It's a really good fight. Um, but yeah, so if, if that part got made, it's, you'd still watch it. You'd still be interested in it. You'd still be excited about it. You know, I, I love Conor Ben. I love his attitude. I love I love how he carries himself. I just see him, and I just think, he just reminds me of his dad so much. I mean, I I was lucky enough to grow up as Nigel Ben was coming through, and so I've seen that that journey that ride. But I see Conor, and I see his dad. And but I I love the fact that yes. He is loaded. Yes, he has got money. Yes, you know, he, he, he's got all the trappings already, but he chooses to fight in the way he does. He chooses to roll the dice, and that's, that's good. That is that, and the, and the pressure that he's under being Nigel's son that's fucking mad. So, you, you've got to respect him for that. But away from the ring as well, he's a nice kid. So, um, you know. I, I, uh, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of his and I'm a, I'm a fan of Josh Kelly's as well. It's you know, it, it's it's just um, it's boxing, isn't it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's full of different personalities, full of dramas, full of different results, ups and downs. It's all part of the game, really. It's all part
0: of the fun. Yeah, and he was banging on the broadcast. A so shout out to Connor for that as well. Um Jordan Gill. Now I know you'd have seen the response. He got a lot of praise online on Saturday night, and I know some praises in the be all and end all. But uh, it must be nice to see after you know. I know we spoke about that time so much, but that time around eight months ago, it must be nice to see everyone talking up Jordan. Because it's yeah, a lot of hard it's work. Really it's nice. the reward of a lot of hard work, isn't it? So. Oh,
1: do you know what? Yeah, yeah. I cannot. I cannot speak any higher for the kid. He's um, he's shown all, all the dedication, all the heart and the desire. He's had demons in his head, you know. I've said it before. I said it before the fight. Don't need to hear it again. But when he sat on the side of the ring after training, giving his all in training, and he's just looking, and you can see it as he's looking. He's got hope and Laurent talking about their fights coming up and things like that, and he's not got a date. Man, that's hard. That's hard. And it's not just about being dedicated when you ain't got a date and staying in the gym. You can't stay around your weight. You have two weeks. It's, it's one thing, you know, being dedicated and staying in the gym and things like that. You're a professional fighter. But um, being around the weight, keeping your weight at a, at, a, at a sort of position where you can drop to get to championship weight in a couple of weeks, that's real dedication. You know, he's, he's looking around. He's sat on the side of the ring after our training sessions. He's looking at the row and looking at Hopi, and you know they've got fight dates. They they know what's happening with their career, and all he's going on is my is might say. So listen, I promise you, you will fight. I will get your fight for February. I will get your fight for February, and I'm on Eddie's case every day. Um, and then when the call come, will it be ready for February twentieth? It's like, yeah, no problem. Ten rounds, twelve rounds, nine stone. We want a title fight. Not a problem. And he done it, you know. And, he, and he's it's actually because he lived, you know, it, it, it's a sacrifice. It's a, I know I ever can do that for ten weeks, whatever, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks. Fighters like to do that, but you have to do it in this current climate. You have to if you want to be fighting for titles, but you're not that fighter that's got a plan this 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 then you've got to be ready you've got to be ready to step in you've got to take your opportunity the phone call could have come and I could have turned around and said listen we've got a fight it's nine stone can you wait and it could have been oh I'm too heavy. I can't make it the opportunity is gone and that's happened to a few people that I managed when I picked up the phone got your Commonwealth title fight do you want it uh can't wait, wait, Three weeks away, four weeks away. Oh, I can't wait, wait. It's very difficult for them because like everybody else, they're human and things are very, very tough now mentally. But for those that can stick with it and have just have that little bit of inspiration that it can happen. Two weeks ago, Jordan Gill was doing everything right, living right, doing it all right, but inside. He was fucking down because there wasn't any there wasn't anything any reason why he's doing it other than to improve there wasn't a fight date. fighters love fight dates because if you know they don't earn unless they're fighting but while they're training and especially the training somewhere that's uh, different to where they live they're still paying rent they're still paying for all the food they're still paying for everything that you know camp costs um and then you sparring, you know, you've got proper sparring and you sparring like Leon Woodstock regular. And it's not easy spars, it's real spars, because Leon's coming up to a fight, a title fight. You know he's ready. So he's listening to Leon talking about his title fight. He's talking to Lerone, who's got his European title fight coming up. You've got hope who's got a fight date. And again, it's the same thing. Well, I ain't got a date, but I'm training as though I've got a date. And it's, been pay- it's paid off. It's paid off. And that's that's the thing. I, I always said to him, so listen, I remember Jonathan Nelson winning the European title seven days notice. The only reason why I could say that is because he kept his weight around a, uh, a weight where he could drop safely and comfortably and be strong at. And he was fit because he was training. And he was sharp because he was sparring. You know, and he became the European champion. It changed his life. Jordan's back now where he was a couple of years ago, but a bit further because he's better because of that experience of a couple of years ago. And the win is over a better fighter.
0: And also with the way they've been taking souls over here lately, just to have a Brit beat a Mexican. It's a thumbs up. It's a <laughs> bloody thumbs up. Yes.
1: Yeah, but do you know what? How good has it been? Because it's been guys that are coming. It, this is how your fighters develop. It's against fighters that are coming to win. Yeah. It's against fighters that are coming to win, and it makes it better for fans. It makes it better for TV. It's it's better for your fighter because if he can come through it, it becomes a better fighter himself. And if he doesn't come through it, and he he, he learns from it, he still becomes a better fighter. The only thing that, like, like I said, the only thing that I've got, the only issue that I've got, is that promoters they want they want the fighters to take the step up. They want oh you know got to give them tests, got to be good enough. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough at this point in time. Yeah, fair enough, I get that. But then don't just fuck them off or don't just discard them. You know, give them another opportunity to bring them through because they're willing to take those fights. There are plenty of fighters out there that knocking back fights. Plenty of plenty of them. But yeah, then they'll get offered another one, they'll get offered another one, get offered, it's like, fucking hell. But yet yeah, you've got kids there that are willing to take the fights. So, yeah, I mean, you know, right. it's 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 all it's all well and good telling fighters and telling managers or trainers and say, oh, well, he's got to take a real fight. But then if he gets beat because he's took a step up, don't have him right at the back of the queue again. Give him an opportunity again.
0: Yeah. And, and I feel like, and I don't know if, you know, you've been in the sport for 10 times longer than me, Dave, but uh, I don't know if this progression we're starting to see it now. It's always been like, oh, there should be no shame in losing. And like you said, Perhaps Jordan's a shining example right. of how sweet it feels now after the Tinoco fight, how sweet it feels the progression and him being at the same stage but a better fighter. But the same on these losses and people losing. Are we finally getting there or are we never going to be at the point I... where they can accept defeat like that?
1: We'll, we'll never be there because of Twitter and social media how people still bring up ah oh, yeah but you lost so So yeah. Listen, fucking hell. You, you'll go on about you know, Carl Frotch will be talking about his career or whatever, and then people tweet up about the fact he got beat by Andre Ward or something, oh, he got school back, it doesn't matter, look at everything else that he's done with his career, it's the same thing, we have. I'm not just talking about Carl Frotch, I'm not about everybody else, you know, people will never let you forget when you got beat, but ultimately a lot of people out there, as soon as you get beat, they say you shit, never going to do anything, no, blah, blah, I'll get iced again, this, 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 going into this fight, Matt tweet got, he's going to get ice again. This Mexican's going to knock him out. He can do what Tinoco did. Rah, rah, rah. He's putting himself out there to fucking do it. You're sat at home typing on the keyboard telling a fighter you can't do it because you don't do it. You can't do it yourself. If you can't do it yourself and if, you don't, if you're not willing to take yourself out of that comfort zone to push yourself, to test yourself, to see if you can do something that you, know, that, that you might not be good enough to do, then shut the fuck up. Let the people do and just be having a pick. Oh yeah, well I think it's a tough fight. I don't, I don't think he's going to win it. But that's not a problem. But it's when they're digging him out and they're being insulting about it, like "oh shit, you got to be putting up memes and stuff like that. Oh my god, they're the kind of people that you're boxing a fighter that's a bit of a test, but you should be. Um, you're putting a great performance, You're fighting a bum. You're on a beating bums. They want you to fight real fights, but then if you get beat in a real fight, they want to slay you and never let you forget it for the rest of your life. In the UFC, and listen, I'm not a fan of UFC. I don't watch UFC. I might watch Conor McGregor, right? but I'm not a, I'm not a, a fan of UFC. In the UFC, they don't really give a shit about records, do they? If the fighter puts up a good fight they bring them back, they fight another fight and they fight another fight they fight another fight and and, and some of these fighters have got a few a few losses on the records but they're in competitive fights and the fans fucking appreciate that and the fans go on talking about the fight and what a great fight were, and this they don't just then turn around and start saying he's shit he's never going to do anything is this, is that records are just numbers and ultimately I would love For our sport to get to that where people don't just think that because you've lost a fight, you can't make it. For all the people that think that once you've lost a fight, you can't make it, Josh Keller, Jordan Gill, Josh Warrington, or whoever, when you've lost a fight and they say, shit, it was never as good anyway. It was all hype job. It was all this. Look through the records some of the greatest fighters that ever lived take your head out of Mayweather's little world and look through the records of all the greats and yeah I promise you with a lot, most of them fighters they have all lost fights and then come back a lot of them fighters lost fights before they become world champion then came back some fighters undefeated, became world champion at a crushing loss Came back and became better fighters, better champions. Some fighters, I remember Vladimir Klitschko getting bounced about against Ross Purite, getting about, was it Corey Sanders, Lamar Brewster? And everybody's saying, he's shit. He's
0: fragile.
1: He's never going to do anything.
0: Especially the finished. manner of those defeats when you look at the rain and how sort of faultless uh, uh, his rain was. And you look at the manner of exactly. those defeats and go, yeah.
1: Exactly. The man- manner of those defeats, he was crushed. Every time, crushed. Fucking don't get, a, don't get much worse than that. Fucking falling around on the floor, fucking crushed. He reigned for about 10 years as a Premier everywhere on the planet. So don't tell me that because some kid takes a step up out of his death when he's inexperienced and he gets beat, he can't do anything. His career's done. He'll never do anything. It, it, it's just history. Just look at boxing. Look at this sport. Look at what people have done. Bernard Hopkins lost, came back. Cottle's lost big fights. Do you say Cottle's shit? Do you know what I mean? Robert Duran's got lost on his record. Do you say he's shit? Ray Leonard's got lost on his record. Do you say he's shit? There's a pattern. There's a pattern. And these people that... That just write off fighters, they're the same fighters, same people that slag them off because they win a fight comfortable. Everybody wants somebody to be tested. Everybody wants somebody to be in a real fight. Everyone wants, somebody, oh, I want to see him get hurt. I want to see what happens when he gets certain. But then, as soon as he does get hurt, and even if he wins the fight, oh, he's chinny. Oh, when he steps up, he's going to get beat. Oh, he can't take a body shot. Oh, make your mind up. Just, do you know what I mean? Just, people are so. There's too many people that just love to see the negative side of, of, of sport. Any sport, but boxing, they love to, to just focus on the negative side of boxing. And do you know what? So many good sides to boxing. So many plus points to boxing. You know, bravery, fucking desire, will to win, skills, whatever. It's fucking, it's, it's the greatest sport. It really is. And people should appreciate it a little bit more.
0: Let's talk about one of the positive things, obviously... About Jordan, actually, obviously I said to you, he could have fought uh, Reese Mould for the British title and there was that British route he could have gone down and you said for his development going forward, this looks like it would be the path that suits And Obviously, fans would rather see Jordan in a domestic fight, let's be honest, because someone they know of and now for him to win this and now be lined up with a fight that's always sort of been there in the background of Isaac Lowe on the biggest platform, this path now, I mean, you must be happy with the way this could go. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Hundred percent. So good that
1: because, fight as well. So good. Uh, it's a really good fight. i done really well. You know, he's uh, he, he's he's had some great fights earlier on uh, against Ryan your Ryan Goyle's. Took himself off to America and, and he's boxing on on Tyson Fury's on the cards on the ESPN and getting good viewing figures and doing well with his career. Um. You know, Jordan's been doing his thing. Those two—it's a really, really good fight. It's a really, really good fight, and I can't—I can't wait for it. And please, God, it happens. We're there. We're ready. You know, we said that right from the start. I said, that, you know, I didn't want to speak about it beforehand. Thought that was a fight that was mentioned possibly after. I just wanted to focus on 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 on. Sassy just gone. As um, soon as that was out of the way. Let's get it on, and the sooner it's it's made, you know, Eddie needs to get that get that sorted, and then and and it was good because I heard Eddie mention it in his interview um, with Coogan. So once Eddie mentions it and he says that it says it public, then you know that pressure's on him to deliver. I've been getting so many messages off of people saying that's the fight they want to see. So it's a great fight, and Isaac's got a character as well. He's a character, and um, so you know that that would be a fun build up. Um.
0: and um, yeah on the biggest stage fucking oh, okay, no.
1: hell yes please just
0: being involved in that I can see like the smile on your face just because obviously you would have been involved from a Sky perspective I know you probably would have done fight breakdowns you'd have been on some form of analysis panel or whatever but to be involved uh, from what you want to do like you're involved in the biggest boxing event of event of all time yeah so. I, I, it's, you
1: know you know what I'm just a jammy fucker aren't I just I'm just it's just pure luck um, I've been involved in some fucking huge nights, you know, your, your Bellew fights, your Bellew Macabre at Goodison, your Bellew hair fights, um, an undisputed title fight with, with Bellew against Usyk. I've been involved in some good nights, Canelo in, in, in Guadalajara as a coach. So, I'm looking. I'm really lucky And but to to if I was, I, I'm not even thinking about it until it's done. I won't think about it because I don't want to get to be good. So, but for my fighter, for Jordan to come from boxing in front of a few hundred people on small shows um, in leisure centres away from TV to be sat, I remember I, I didn't manage him there. I didn't I didn't train him. Um, he was, uh, I, had, I had somebody on, and he was sat there in the chain rooms, gloved up for hours, waiting to go out. He sold ten thousand pounds worth of tickets on an ITV show, and then he didn't end up boxing because he swapped opponents, and he didn't have an opponent. And um, him being so devastated from that night, and then I look at how his career's gone, the loss, the the illness, the comeback. And then if he can get to box in a good fight, a big fight like Isaac Law, on the biggest show of my lifetime, of my lifetime of sport, you know, of our generation and one of the biggest events ever, that'd be amazing. That'd be wicked. So to be involved in that would be amazing. really would be. But it's not done yet. We've got to see what happens. Eddie needs to pull his finger out and and make it happen
0: gives me goosebumps thinking about that event man uh but yeah anyway yeah. just a quick one on saturday because i do want to talk about a certain Samuel lansky actually uh for a couple of minutes but mm-hmm. uh, quick final one on jordan um yeah look good and showed how to beat a mexican like, like we said this actually in the bubble in the Warrington week the stereotype of mexicans come forward might dip their head in try and get in the nose and that they're, they're vicious they're pests um and he sort of showed how to deal with that and pretty flawlessly to be honest
1: yeah, it was great. It was great. He, listen, if he'd have decided to stand there more and and, and try and be macho with a Mexican, he would have the shit kicked out of him. You have to pick your moments. There's times when you have to do it, but you have to pick your moments. You have to control the distance, control the range, work the body, ride out those rocky moments, learn how to null- nullify and how to handle things on the inside. And um yeah, his ring generalship was fantastic. Fantastic. Very underrated. Um, asset is ring generalship, so I'm over the moon for him. I watched it back on TV and, it, and it, I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It was everything that we do, everything that I teach with him. He just did it, and he, he's doing that. Every I said to him before we went out when we we're in rooms, so Listen, I said every time you've stepped up in a in a you know bit of a pressure fight, um, I remember Cunningham, uh, Doyle, Bellotti, um even Dominguez's first, you know, when he headlined at Peterborough, the pressure that was on him there. Every time he's done that, he's, he's, he's done what we worked on in the gym. He's performed. I love that. I love it when you work on something constantly with fire and they go out there and they do it. Gad McDonald did it against Gamal Fire. Everything it was like you watched that fight and it was like literally everything that we worked on. He just did. He just did. You know, Bellyu in the rematch against against Hay was literally spot on. That's what should happen in the first first, first fight. After six rounds, it went, it went out of window or emotion, right? But what happened in the second fight should happen in the first fight. You know, um, the, the, the finishing shot with Macabo was drilled and drilled and drilled and worked on that. When you see stuff that you're working on and then you watch it back on, like, do you know what? What That is such a buzz. That is such a buzz, it really is.
0: Samuel Antwi. Um I've interviewed Samuel a couple of times and he was a sort of person where he'd G himself up before an interview, right? I think when he beat... Score, um you York, we'd g himself up before an interview, knowing he was going to go into it, and have to call for people and say, "Look, no one really wants." I think he won three away corners in three away corners in a row. He was, he was saying to me, "Nobody wants to fight me, so I'm going to g myself up here and I'm just going to gun for people in this interview." Right? Well, uh, started working with Coldwell Boxing, got his English title shot, done the business, and uh, he's in the top ten. I know. I table. know. Good in it.
1: It's not it's not yeah, that's it. That's listen, I'm I'm so happy for him. I like the kid and his coach as well, Aaron. Good people, good people. Um and mate, he's exciting. He can punch. Um he did a great win. Aaron's a
0: It's a tough, great tough win. He's well. a
1: tough man. He's a tough man. He's a tough man. Um so it's a great win. It's his first fight for a year. There's quite a lot, a lot of pressure on him. Now you're gonna see. Him flourish, develop, and look better. You look better. Do you know what I liked about him? The first text that his coach sent me, Sons of Box, was, He's so much better than this. But it was like, it was like almost apologetic. We can do better. You've just won European uh, English title. Enjoy it. That's that's fucking well done. Enjoy it. Yes, we can talk about what he can do better and what he should have done better. That's not a problem. But don't, but but that shows you their attitude. I like that because straight away, they've won a the title, but they've not thought, yes, we've cracked it. We're like, okay, we need to step it up. Now we're in that position. When we're going to fight the better guys, we need to step it up. We need to be this. We need to that. I love that attitude. I love that attitude. And he's going to be in some great fights. He really is. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we shall see where we go from, from here on in.
0: Yeah, Aaron's got massive uh, belief in him as well. Every time I speak to Mm -hmm. Aaron, it's like he can't speak highly enough of how far Samuel can go because it is rare that you get people going from small horse shows to becoming world champion. But I feel like he believes Samuel could be pound for pound number one. He has this like (laughs) tunnel vision of just believing so much in Samuel, which obviously coaches do believe in their fighter. But uh, yeah, yeah, it seems to be a link that works. So yeah, I'm pleased with Samuel. He's such a nice guy.
1: He is, yeah, he is. I'm I'm over I'm over the moon for him, I really am. And you know, it was nice, it was nice what you said afterwards in the interview. It's nice it's it's a nice team set up, you know, we've got a good team there. So so yeah, I'm I'm over the moon for kid.
0: Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global Sports Social Podcast Network.